Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Dave, Treg, and Brent. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is an affiliate of Amazon.com, so when you shop there, it would be cool if you would first click on the Amazon.com link on our homepage or our affiliates page, and Amazon will kick a few bucks back to Rocktail Hour to help fund the free podcast. One Amazon product that Rocktail Hour listeners might enjoy is Treg's legal thriller called Until Murder Do Us Part. Go spend a few shekels there. You'll be doing yourself and Treg a great favor. (laughs) Um, Today, Brent is going to bring us the story behind Don't Stop Believing by Journey. You know, I was thinking a good discussion to be had by those who like rock would be to throw out a band and say, what is their iconic song? Um. And it, today we're going to talk about Journey, and, and even though Open Arms was their most commercially successful, Don't Stop Believing is probably the one that's tied to them. But, I mean, you, you look at a group, Led Zeppelin, it's probably Stairway to Heaven. You look at um, Leonard Skinner, what's it going to be? Freebird. 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 Okay. The Beatles, I was saying, is a little tricky. What's the Beatles going to be? Is it going to be Every she, album they well, ever put out. <laughs> thank you. Is it going to be She Loves You, or is it going to be uh, Day in the Life? So hey some some bands. What's that? Hey Jude. Hey Jude. I would say Day in the Life. Um, how about the Rolling Stones? Satisfaction, or you to go later? So it's a fun exercise. The Who, Bob O'Reilly, my generation. So I think when we look at Journey, "Don't Stop Believing" is a song that keeps continuing to come back, and and not just in music, in in rock, but in in popular culture. And I want to touch upon that in in a minute. But we were talking before we started about Journey, and. I was looking at a poll that I, I believe that the Hall of Fame, some of the panelists were involved in, and the the question was, of those not in the Hall of Fame, how would you rank those who should be? And you know, there there are some great ones, you know, Yes and the Smiths, and you could go on. Where do you think Journey came in uh, as far as um, Chicago is another one, not in the Hall of Fame but should be? Where do you think they were ranked? Is this by fans? No, these are by five, I believe, if I read this correctly, five Hall of Fame panelists. Panelists. Um, people who are already in the Hall of Fame? Because isn't some of the voting done by them? Or these are just like music industry just insiders? Just music people, okay. music industry who have a say. Scale of one to ten? No, no, no. If you're ranking of the, the top 100 oh. groups or artists, oh, okay. individuals of all time, where does Journey fit in this list of those who should be in the Hall of Fame but aren't? Next. I would say higher than 50 But you're, they would get them. You're yes. close. Number 58. That there are 57 artists ahead of them wow. that should be in the Hall of Fame, and I, I have a big problem with that. I can't think of many artists of their caliber, speaking of Journey, that probably are more divisive when it comes love and hate them. And the, and the fact that there's 57 artists that should be in the Rock Hall of Fame ahead of Journey with their number of hits. And there's a lot of reasons for that, I think. Um you know, I was reading one theory that I, I think has some some legs to it. Is they started off as a, as a progressive rock band and and built up a, a decent following there. And then when Steve Perry came in, they became more radio friendly, more commercial. And so I think that turned off a lot of fans, but also music critics. And and I would argue with that. I, I think Steve Perry has one of the most iconic voices in music. I mean, I was listening to "Don't Stop Believing," and there at the end, he hit some high notes on like "Night." And just where he's riffing that are just fantastic. I mean, he alone is worth the price of admission, I think. Yeah. Um, and Neil Sean and Dave, I'd, I'd lean on you on this in terms of guitar work. But I, I think he 
he does some creative and clever stuff even in this song, but but his work. Uh, and, and he, you know, I didn't know this, but he was invited to to play with um, I'm going to say Eric and the Dominoes, and he turned it down. And then he was in Santana, and you know, Derek, was, Derek and the Dominoes. Derek, I'm sorry, for those Derek purists of us. <laughs> he was invited to play from Derek and the Dominoes. <laughs> Although you could say it was Eric because it was Clapton. Eh. Yeah, I think you know. <laughs> actually, that was giving Brent a little bit yeah. of rope here. That was a little bit of a screw up, I think, too. You know, I think they probably said Eric and the Dominoes, and the denou- and the announcer said Derek and the Dominoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Well, here's the thing that uh, on Neil Sean and I'm not. Um, I can't say I'm intimately familiar with all of his guitar work, but I know that from a, he picked it up when he was like age five, and he was a project a prodigy at a very young age. The crazy thing that I do know about his invitation to play with Derek and the Dominoes is that he was 15 years old when that happened. Wow. He was 15. So can you imagine? You're a 15-year-old kid. Okay, so you're like, what does that put you, a sophomore in high school? Yeah. yeah and you're getting asked by Eric Clapton to come and play in your band, and you turn him down. <laughs> and instead, he wow. goes and he plays with Santana. I mean, that was his next best thing. So it shows you how – I know technically he's phenomenal. Um, how old was he when he played with Santana? He, he, they hired him at 15. 15. Wow. No, so he was a prodigy at a very young age and a phenomenal guitar player. So when you have two heavyweights like Steve Perry and Neil Sean, I think you have a good foundation for a band. So my, I have a problem with – with the people dismissing them. I, I think if you listen to their work and some say it's cheesy and, I, and you go back and some of the videos are certainly, you know, dated and, and, and not looking very contemporary, but uh, don't stop believing is an interesting song. Um, if only, and I didn't know this as I, until I started researching this and being a musician, and I should know better. The, the format of this is interesting that the chorus doesn't come in until the very end. There are two pre-choruses um, and those hmm. are you know, strangers waiting um, up and down the boulevard. Um, but the real course, don't stop believing, hold on to that feeling. Street lights people, don't stop believing, hold on to that feeling. Don't come in until, uh, I want to say it's about three minutes, actually 321 in the song. Wow. So if you listen to the song, it's got that intro that's uh, it's an eight-chord progression, which is, again, it's not just your typical three-chord progression. It's got eight chords. And... It starts off with that bass, which Neil Sean came up with the bass line. Uh, dun, 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 dun. And, the, and, the, and Jonathan Kane, the keyboardist, I believe this was his first time with Journey that they, they did something like this. And he has that alternating keyboard. I'm a keyboardist, so I really like that, where it just keeps going back and forth. And it walks up, and then it goes back down. And uh, it's an eight-chord progression that's there through the whole song. But would listen to it, the Don't Stop Believing doesn't come in until near the very end. It's an unusual structure. Usually the chorus is, you know, that's, that's you throw that early on. That's your hook. Yeah. But here it just builds and builds and builds. So mm-hmm. another thing that I thought found interesting about this song, you, you think of, of groups that are tied to cities, okay? Um, Aerosmith, Boston, obviously Beatles, Liverpool. And you think of Journey, and what city do you think of? They're, you know, San Francisco. They're San Francisco, Lights, you know, City by the Bay. Um, this song is about Detroit, and it, and it came to be when they were doing a series of gigs in Detroit. And so one of the opening lines is, uh, born and raised in South Detroit. Now, has anyone ever been to South Detroit? Blue-collar and industrial. No, there is no South Detroit. There's <laughs> oh. east, east, north, and west Detroit, but South Detroit would be Canada. There is 
And but Steve Perry knew that. Wait, he acknowledged South, that. South Detroit is Canada. How would South Detroit be Canada? Because Michigan, uh, if you look at no it, it's kidding. on the, it's, yeah, it's on the water. It's, it, it's lakes and all that. If you went across, um, yeah, just look at your geography, guys. I'm not going to explain <laughs> Michigan. I know, it looks like a mitt, but <laughs> yeah, man, interesting. But, okay. but um, but he knew that. Steve Perry knew I'm that. I'm going to stay here in California. And he by said the, way. the reason he, he he liked the phonetics, he liked the sound of South Detroit even though he knew technically there wasn't one. Hmm. So I, I found that interesting. Um, one thing also I liked about this is the way that this song has come back and it keeps getting a life of its own in culture. Now, let me go, go back and say that you know when this came out, it, Journey wasn't new. This was their seventh album. It was Escape in 1981. And the song did reach number nine on Billboard. So it did have you know some popularity and, and such in its day. But what's given it this legs is... I want to say 2003. I don't know if you've heard of the, or seen the movie Monster. Um, Charlize Theron won Best Actress in this. Mm-hmm. It's about a woman who committed a murder, and then she, I think she's on death row. Well, she was a serial killer. Yes. She did commit murder many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, getting off topic a little bit, but uh, Charlize Theron uh, got ugly for this role. And that was the kind Which, of Which, by the way, that's a that's, that's a movie making feat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make that one CGI. Ugly. <laughs> um, but what happened was this uh, song "Don't Stop Believing" was featured prominently in in the middle of the movie. It had to do with the character, and so this kind of brought it back in the consciousness of of the public. And then um, it kept coming back. If you remember the Sopranos, the very ending was controversial because it fades to black, where Tony Soprano is in in a, a diner or restaurant. And people are wondering, how is this iconic HBO show going to end? And what it does is it just cuts to black and don't stop believing place. So it got huh. a, a lot of airplay. Mm. But also, and I this, never knew that. I'd heard about the uproar about how it ended and mm-hmm. the fans didn't like it. And there's a lot of mixed reviews. But I never heard that don't stop believing was the thing. The other thing is, and this isn't to my liking, but it also was featured prominently by Glee. And they, they did a version that got a lot of popularity with a new generation. It was in Rock of Ages, the Broadway musical that was turned into the movie, right, Tom right. Cruise. And here's the other thing, and I love this. It has now become a stadium anthem for, for many sports teams. Um, baseball, uh, and if you know, um, we, we talked about San Francisco. Steve Perry is a huge Giants fan. And I'm going to touch a on a moment. very funny story in, in a minute. Yeah, But um, – he was chagrined when the, the Los Angeles Dodgers unofficially, they were making a playoff run, used this as their unofficial. <laughs> so he had a lot, little bit of mixed feelings. But in 2010, the Giants uh, won the World Series. And if you go to YouTube, this is really fun to watch. You will see – type in Steve Perry, Giants, uh, Don't Stop Believing. And you see – I guess what they do with the Giants games, the San Francisco Giants, is in the seventh inning stretch – if they're ahead, they play lights. If they're behind, which makes sense, or tied, uh, they play don't gotcha. stop believing. Oh, cool. In other words, we can come back. Mm-hmm. So there is some funny YouTube video of people just on their phone. This All of a sudden, this song starts they're scranking out, and 43,000 people start singing it. And then they all pan over, and there's Steve Perry in <laughs> Giants gear, Giants hat, looking like a super nerd fan. With the pom-poms, shaking the pom-poms, singing his own song, Don't Stop Believing. It's great. <laughs> yeah. and it, and seen it, it. Have you seen it? Oh, it's fantastic. And is it funny? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he's kind of – he'll put his hand up to his ear like he can't hear you louder, louder. And he's, he's, just, he's just encouraging everyone to go on. So I think it's 
that type of thing where it's not just baseball, but uh, in hockey, the Detroit Red Wings use it. Um, there are football teams. I want to say Mississippi State uses it. Uh, you know, a lot of times going into the fourth quarter, it's got it's that rallying cry: "Don't stop believing, we can do it." Which has absolutely nothing to do with the lyrics. The lyrics have to do with two a young young guy and a young girl getting together and going off and and kind of making music on their own. So, as I said earlier, they were in Detroit doing a series of gigs, and Steve Perry found himself in a hotel room. He couldn't sleep, and so it's nighttime, and he looks out the window, and the way the lights are from his window is they're shining down, and it's dark from above, but but light down below. And his song lyric goes, strangers waiting up and down the boulevard, their shadows searching in the night, street lights people living just to find emotion hiding somewhere in the night. And this is his quote, Steve Perry. I was digging the idea of how the lights were facing down so you couldn't see anything. All of a sudden, I'd see people walking out of the dark and into the light, and the term street light people came to me. So Detroit was very much in my consciousness when we started writing this. And so this song was um, kind of a collaborative effort. They were all working together, and as I said, Neil Sean wrote the bass line and, and a lot of the chords, and, and Jonathan uh, Kane had the keyboards and the drummer had something. So, um, And Steve Perry contributed to it. It was a team effort, and um, I just think if you listen to this song, it builds nicely from that riff, which continues from beginning to the end, and, and it keeps going on today. And, you know, Journey, I think, is, is a very underrated band in some ways. I think they got dismissed as being corny or cheesy or whatever. But, um, you know, Love and Touch and Squeeze and um, Lights, I think, is a gorgeous song. But um, I just, I am a big Journey fan. I hope that they get into the, the Hall of Fame someday. But, you know, as we talked about earlier, who cares? You know, it doesn't <laughs> devalue their music. And, oh, but it's good that for them to get recognition. Yeah, and in some ways, if if you're derided or reviled, or or you know not not the critical darling, then you kind of win that sympathy vote. But ultimately, you know, I I will I go running. I try to run about three miles a day, and I will listen to headphones and and Journey greatest hits is a lot of times what I'll run to, and and it's not they're just not just one or two three big hits. They have you know a albums worth of greatest oh enormous greatest yeah. hits. Yeah. So. Um, but don't stop believing. Again, it's funny. There's a, a bit of pushback against that because it has been almost over commercialized or overused, and and it's it's there's almost listener fatigue to this song, which I can understand. Um, what was that song recently? Um, Somebody that I used to know by Gautier. That song I, I would hear that every two minutes, and it just I think it's a great song. Yeah, I just got listener fatigue. I couldn't listen to it anymore. And now I can listen to it again and appreciate it. I think Don't Stop Believing kind of has, has had that where there's a lot of pushback from listeners. Like it's it's too much, you know, and, and it's um, – Saturated. Saturated. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. But I think if you catch your breath, take a step back, listen to Journey, and listen to this song. Listen to Steve Perry and his vocals. Listen to the harmonies. Listen to the chord structure. I almost think that, you know, this was 1981. If this was played today – I think it would stand up and, and have uh, radio play and, and be just as good today. It's one of those songs that, be it 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, will be a solid song. And I think that's why it keeps coming back and why it's in stadiums across sports you know, landscape and, and um, commercial media, be it TV, movies, or such, are using it. It's a great song. It's just well-constructed. Yep. So that's my thoughts on Don't Stop Believing by Agreed. Journey. Agreed. So a couple of perspectives to offer on that front. Um, one, as it relates to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and critics— um, as far as far as they're involved, critics being they, as far as they're involved in music, I could almost give a crap. 
about what a music <laughs> critic has to say. And frankly, by um, association, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, unfortunately, I don't think is a very good indicator of quality of music. I mean, some of those things, some of the people I see getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ahead of bands like Journey, you got to be kidding me. I'm not going to go name them off, but I've watched the induction hall uh, ceremonies and I'm like, man, really? Like, who's voting on these things? And it's not the fans, although it started a couple of years ago um being the fans so that's one but then two um and oh really quick before i leave the critics thing the reason that i think of that is go look at early interviews of led zeppelin 1969 led zeppelin they were having to fend off critics and defend themselves against critics who were railing them for their (laughs) style of music and granted actually zeppelin on the plagiarism front deserved to be railed but that's not what all the criticism was about the criticism was about their musicianship and how they were interpreting music and it's like really those guys are eating crow now so i mean i i tend to discount music critics i'll take a food critics word before i'll take a music critics music (laughs) critics word i think they have their place but in music i discount them quite a bit Um, so that's one but two one of the barometers that I think is really interesting for music is to see how timeless it can be. Um, so, for example, there are generations of high school kids today who are becoming Led Zeppelin fans for the very first time in their lives. Mm-hmm. And that's going to continue to happen decade after decade after decade. Right. So one of the things that happened with Journey that made me appreciate them more than I had in the past is I was chaperoning a high school dance. This was probably like five, six years ago. And there was kind of the end of the dance. And I heard a couple kids talking. And on this specific song, they're like, we got to get them to play Journey. I want to go here. Don't stop believing. And so they went up to the DJ. They requested it. And they played Don't Stop Believing. And the whole entire dance went electric and the entire (laughs) student body was screaming at the top of their lungs, don't stop believing. They were singing the chorus. They were jumping up and down with their hands up in the air. And I was like, wow, there's current high school kids who are into it. And so I asked a couple of the kids, I'm like, you guys know Journey? And and a bunch of them started rattling off a bunch of Journey songs. Like, oh, we love Journey. That, for me, was actually a wake-up, and it made me go back and, and dust off some Journey songs and say, so i kind of make sure the, I'm not missing something here because I'm a Journey fan. I like them, and I appreciate them, but I've never been like a diehard, a, like a diehard Journey yeah. guy. Um, but certainly, if you listen to them, like you're saying, Brent, with kind of new ears, right? That's you the key. see it what, for what it is, and these kids who are listening to it with new ears are responding to it. So that, to me, speaks way more than what some jive critics or some suits in the rock and roll hall of fame out to say fantastic points <laughs> yeah. you know it's interesting and i you won't find a big bigger beetle fan than me but ringo Starr making the hall of fame you know ringo as a solo artist you know paul mccartney is the one that yep. made that call to, to get him in and and i respect that ringo had some hits photograph and sweet 16 but when you look at journey's body of work and especially again if, if you're looking at using a sports analogy you have and steve perry an all-star quarterback uh, or all-pro quarterback, and then Neil Sean is is a fantastic all-pro uh, wide receiver in terms of a guitarist. You know, here's an interesting bit of trivia. I don't know if you knew this, but Randy Jackson, the American Idol judge, I don't know if you knew, he played bass. He yeah, toured he with Journey. Okay, yeah. He had a good quote, Now I want to read this, which I think really is a good description on Steve Perry and his voice. He says, and this is opinion, obviously, other than Robert Plant, there's no singer in rock that even came close to Steve Perry. The power, the range, the tone, he created his own style. He mixed a little Motown, a little Everly Brothers, a little Zeppelin. 
That that's a, an a, amazing mixture right there. Motown, Everly Brothers, Zeppelin, and 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 I, I I believe that. And I love your point because I think in time, time washes away uh, the stuff that's that's kind of fake and pretend. Mm-hmm. And and what what excites me about that story you just told is these kids weren't even born when the song was released. No, nope. so they're hearing it from somewhere. They're hearing it from their parents or iTunes, and they're picking it up. And they like it. It's just like the Beatles or the Stones. You know, what are they, third generation now, fourth generation, where people hear it and quality will last. I've always felt some a group like the Beatles, and I studied classical music, that you're going to be talking about Bach and Beethoven, Mendelssohn and Brahms and McCartney and Lennon and, and Eric Clapton in 100 years because yep. that mm. caliber of music will live on. And, and the, the followers and the pretenders, people, they'll just be a footnote if that. So – Great points. I think Journey will be a band that hopefully, uh, it's my hope that in time, they'll be more appreciated than, than they have been. But be number 58 on a list of artists that should be in the Rock Hall of Fame, that, that to me is insulting to a, a great, great group. So I got to just say this actually before we cut out. So just looking at this, here's some bands that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or singers, whatever you want to call them. And if you put them ahead of bands like Journey, okay, but like Joan Jett's in there. Wow. Okay, and Joan Jett. Well, that's like, this year. That was just inducted this oh, year. Oh, was it? That yeah. was recent. Yeah. yeah. So Joan Jett's in there. Um, and, you know, she she was good, but I mean, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame good. Runaways. Um, and, yeah. ABBA. Yeah, that's. And and then you have Run DMC, who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, granted, I got, you know, we're not going to talk about Run DMC here, but they were groundbreaking for what they did. And I'm not a rap guy, but for what they did in that genre, great. But. It's not the hip hop and rap Hall of Fame. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I know they did some crossover stuff with Aerosmith and 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 like, but it just goes to show you the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not the barometer for good music. And beauty is in the good eye of the beholder, and, and you know it's just everyone has their personal taste. But in this case, I'm right and they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> here, here, enough said and well said. I, I'm a huge uh, Journey fan. And I've seen them in concert a couple of times, and and the the one criticism that I think I would have of them is they appear to be a little bit formulaic. It seems like in every song, after about the second chorus, there's a Neil Sean uh, guitar solo, and almost every single time, and and that to me, you know, mix that up a little bit. He didn't. I don't think he needs to have a guitar solo in every song, but other than that, have you heard brilliant. them recently? Is this recent or is this back when they still had Steve Perry? Uh no, it was post Steve Perry. Yeah. So, but before the new guy that uh, from the Philippines, they it was uh, I don't even know who the lead singer was. He was pretty good, but you know, he was guy? no steep. No, no, the, the guy before the oh, Filipino okay. guy. I know. If I saw yeah. the list, I could point it out. But and I, I I love the story about the Filipino guy that they were looking for a new lead oh, yeah, singer that's and great. and they see the guy on YouTube playing for a. a tribute band and, and he does sound like steve perry yeah. you close your eyes it's not a little five foot four filipino dude it's steve perry saying yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff close. yeah it's great stuff all right well that was a great rock tale hour thank you brent you can listen to a clip of don't stop believing on itunes by clicking on the album link on the rock tale hour website so please email us at dudes at rock tale hour if you think we got it all wrong if you have an interesting rock tale of your own or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for rock tale hour If you think we're lame, keep it to yourself. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes. So until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on.